what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. Um, if you're just joining us, this is what's known as an after show. And the premise of the show is that each week we take a film we've never seen before, and we tell you what we think uh, we're going to think about it. And then the following week we come back and we will have watched the film or films in question and let you know what we thought about them and this week is a little bit different and you'll find out why uh you already know why if you listen to the before episode i'm joined once again by ariel dyer hello um how are you pretty good are you recovered yeah <laughs> i overslept uh this morning so oh, okay. i got like nine hours of sleep before work okay so there I'm you doing go. okay. How about you? Uh, yeah, I think I'm mostly recovered. Okay. Uh, waking up this morning was a little bit of uh, a struggle. Yeah. Yesterday wasn't as bad, but for some reason. When did yeah. you... What happened on Sunday after you guys dropped us off? Um, we went and took showers. Yep. Immediately. That's like the first thing I did. Yeah. yeah. Immediately. <laughs> and then we ate gross fast food um, mm-hmm. for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then we went grocery shopping for the week. Nice. Yeah. What did you guys do? Um, I dropped I dropped Brian off, um, and I had to go to a mingly thing for teachers. Yes. Yeah. So I quick got a shower after I dropped him off. Went to the mingly thing. Actually, genuinely contributed to conversation and bonded with people. There you go. And but that was like an hour, and then I was like, "This is done. I need yeah. to leave." So yeah. So I left, and then. Oh, gosh. I watched, like, an episode of True Detective, and then I went to bed. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, So, for those of you who don't know what that conversation was about, um, what we'll be talking about later in the show is uh, Ariel and I and our significant others both went to, or all four of us, went to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Hollywood, California. Movies from 9 p.m. to almost 4.30 a.m. Yeah. Because Scream started late. Um... Because they were playing 90s music videos, yes. I think, is why it started late. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so we'll be talking about that later in the show, but before we uh, get full into our stories about all that, um, has, is there anything you've been watching this week? Besides True Detective, which I finished the first season. Oh, okay. Had you yesterday. not seen any of it? I had never... Uh, I hadn't seen it. So I'm like, no one cares, because they're like, we already saw it, everyone who's hearing this, but is it was it? really good. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, I cried at really? the end. Really? Really? I, yeah. I At the end, the last scene outside the hospital? Oh, yeah. Nice. Lost it. Which is fine, because he was crying too. So. Yeah. I oh my that gosh, that, uh, that first season's so great. <gasps> Second one's not as good. You know, it's not, but I also feel like it's getting way more undeserved crap. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like, I feel like, because it's, it's, uh, the dumb thing is, we live in a culture that's like, it either has to be the best thing ever, or it's the, or worst. It's the worst ever. Yeah. And, like, it's not as good, but it's still pretty good. Like, okay. it's not that bad. Okay. I feel like we've only seen the first two episodes of season two. Yeah. Um, so we haven't finished it yet. 
Okay. But it's totally fine. It's, really it's super well acted. Like, it is far above most shows on television right now. Like, okay. It's not nearly as good as the first season, but that first season is lightning in a bottle, man. Like, that thing... There's no way there's going to be something as good as, like, that's, like, Breaking Bad level. Is... Which I actually haven't seen. So that's the thing for me. Like, I know maybe there's not a lot of good TV out right now, but, like, I haven't watched a lot of TV. Oh, we're in a golden age. There's so much good TV yeah, out right now. right. So I'm, so, so for me, I might hold off on season two right now. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm giving into that mentality, but I want to see everything that's amazingly good, and I'm so behind, so I need right. to see Breaking Bad, I need to see... Some other HBO shows. I really want to see The Strain, which I've heard good things about. I've heard uh, both sides of the fence on that one, so I yeah. haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I read the book, and okay. it was disappointing. Only because it's Guillermo del Toro writing a book. Right. <laughs> and that's going to be awful, because yeah. he's like, doing he's so a much filmmaker? exposition. Yeah. yeah. So I want to see the show and like kind of redeem it in my mind. Yeah. Um, no, oh man. I was obsessed. I was unhealthily obsessed with True Detective Season 1. It's because it's amazing, though. It's yeah. Really, because it, it does, like... I mean, it's detective, you right. know, true crime, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it it kind of is horror sometimes. Like, yeah. It's very scary, but in an atmospheric way. Yeah, yeah. Super atmospheric. Well, and towards the end, in that last episode, um, it felt... There were parts when I... There's this one part, like, towards the end, where I'm like, this is... This feels supernatural. Like, oh, it yeah. It feels like yeah. suddenly we've crossed over from crime into... Carcosa. This is real. Actual like, this is Carcosa. Actual evil. Yeah. And like, it's, a, it's amazing. Yeah. It's oh well my gosh. Done. People had a lot of problems with the end of the first season. Really? Yeah. People did not like the way it ended because it was it was building up that uh, the Yellow King and uh, yeah. Lovecraftian mythos so much that people were expecting that to pay off. Like, how so? Like They, were, they thought, like, friggin' Cthulhu was going to show up. Like, <laughs> legit 100%. <laughs> boom, here's Cthulhu mm-hmm. coming from a portal in the sky. Um, and it didn't. And then people were like, well, why even put that in there? And I was like, because he was a crazy person. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Right. Gosh. Because that's not what the show is. Yeah. It got as close to that as it could. I yeah. I do think it hit, it hit up. If it would have gone further, it would have made people like us who were fine with it think it was dumb. Yeah. I would have been like, what the, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's just so well acted, man. It well, is. Matthew McConaughey was really good. I feel like I don't want to like him as a person because he did a, some speech he gave at the Oscars. He just seemed like a total D-bag. To oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he won his uh, but he's Dallas amazing. Club. He, he's such a good actor. Yeah. He's like, gosh, even in movies I don't like, he's good in them. Like, I don't like, like Interstellar, but he's great in that movie. Okay, like, yeah, I, I didn't see Interstellar, but... That, the reason that movie sucks is not his fault. Yeah. It's totally Christopher Nolan's fault. The burden right. of that movie falls 100% on Christopher <laughs> Nolan's shoulders. And not... Oh, man, Matthew McConaughey is so good. Just like... Yeah. Paul Newman status because he looks a lot like yeah, Paul Newman. Yeah, he does look like Paul Newman. Yeah, he's, he's our generation's Paul Newman. Yeah, and Brad Pitt is our Robert Redford. <laughs> yeah, did you see um, mm, it's that one with Jack Black and it's a dark comedy. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's in it, and it's about Texas. Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. Have, Have you seen, seen it? That? Yeah. I love that movie. I love he that movie too. He's funny in that movie. He's hilarious in it. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think people forget about Math- early Matthew McConaughey because. Yeah. He started out really good. Mm-hmm. People didn't give a crap because he was new. And then he fell into this, like, the series of romantic comedies Rock that guys. everyone gives him crap about. And then came back. And what he's doing now is still better than anything he did early in his mm-hmm. career. But it's in line with that. Like, it shouldn't be su- as surprising as it is to most people, I feel like. No, it's... Yeah. Because he's in, um... Oh. Not the Ghost in the Darkness. 
Um, not Mississippi burning. Maybe don't cover your mouth on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> a Time to Kill. Okay. Which is like, it's just like Jim Crow era South framed okay. black guy who's which Samuel like, L. Jackson. Okay, that's why I said because Mississippi burning is really good. Too. Yes. I love that one. I yeah. seen a Time to Kill. Okay. Um, Time to Kill, he plays Samuel L. Jackson's lawyer, basically Atticus Finch. Okay. Atticus yes. Finch 2.0 in it, yes. basically. And he's so good in it. He's huh. so good. And he's yeah. he's also a lawyer in Amistad. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Amistad? No. Uh, Steven Spielberg movie about slavery. Okay. And he's the lawyer who helps get those slaves free. In that. Right. And he's like old time, you know, old timey slave times lawyer guy. Right. Uh, basically the same character as A View to a Kill. Same. Or no, A View to a Kill is a James Bond movie. A Time to Kill. <laughs> I get those titles confused <laughs> all the time. And he's great in that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's a lawyer in Bernie, and he's really he he's is. the DA. He likes being a lawyer. Yeah, he was the Lincoln lawyer. Yeah, wow. Yep. No, he was, yeah, that movie's great. He's yeah. great. He's, oh man, Bernie was so good. Yeah. I bought that movie at the dollar store. What? Yeah. I need to buy that movie at the dollar store. Yeah, it's on Netflix, so it's not like, okay. it wasn't the hugest deal, mm-hmm. but I was like, Bernie for a dollar? Hell yeah. yeah! That one came out and no one really saw it. No. It's, I'm so mad at Jack that. Black's really good in that movie, too. Everyone. There's other people that are big. Shirley MacLaine. She yes. plays the old lady. She's yep. great in it. Aren't there other people? Well, not... Who yeah. directed it. Yeah. And he does, like... He's always got, like, one weird, like, gimmicky thing that you always, like... Every time I go into a Richard Linklater movie, I'm like, this is a gimmick and stupid. <laughs> and the only time I really felt like that is Boyhood. And I don't oh, necessarily God. know if it's his fault or the way they marketed it. Boyhood? Yeah, yeah. No, like, that movie's bad. But yeah, the, the, like, the uh, gimmick of filming over 12 years, like, I feel like he doesn't make as big of a deal out of it as, as the marketing the team did. Yeah. Okay, fair um, So I think that the marketing for that movie was so much like, come see this movie that was filmed with the same people years. over 12 years. And so I was, that felt super gimmicky. Mm-hmm. But the interviews on Bernie don't. Not at all. Even though it's like, I mean, I would say it's not necessarily on par, but it's pretty close. To... To, like, boyhood and, like, just, like, something real, quote-unquote. Oh, like Because yeah. you, you see the like actors the age in real time yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but also, he's the guy who directed School of Rock, and there's nothing, like, gimmicky that about is, that movie. And that movie is perfect. Yeah, so. the movie yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Um, Richard Linklater's weird. He just... His films are all over the place. <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, so you finished True Detective Season 1. Finished True Detective Season okay. 1. Do you know what's up next for you? Like, like show-wise? Yeah. Ugh... I, I've heard I need to watch The Wire. I keep hearing about The Wire, too. I've seen the first episode. Okay. But Yeah, you were saying that. You are saying it's like a lot of exposition and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, Wire, probably. Um, shoot. I don't know. I'm really excited, though, for... This is not a show, but... I, which is a dumb one. You're, you'll make fun of me, maybe, because it's the new Shyamalan, M. Night Shyamalan film coming out. Oh, The Visit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited good. for that. That looks really good. in, like, two or three weeks. Is it? Yeah, like September... I think September 11th. What? Yep. Really? Yeah. Oh, the movie looks pretty good. I was just looking it up the other day. I I think that movie's getting unfair criticism well, from I the mean, start. But it's because M. Night Shyamalan has consistently bombed everything. Yeah. Like, post the village. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, like, I, but that's the thing is I feel like it, people wouldn't be prejudging it if it was someone else's name attached to it. They wouldn't. You're right. If it was the guys who did As Above, So Below doing this movie, no one would care. Right. But I mean, also, it's a... I think later, too, I'll talk about what Rose McGowan said when we were at 
Synespia. Okay. And genre films, which I think she was weird and insane about. But, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a horror film. It's, right. So it's going to get kind of a... People pass those over anyways. Like, right. The general public. Right. But it looks freaking good from yeah, the trailer. Yeah, it looks... It's, like, very fairy tale esque you know, which was on purpose. Yeah, yeah, very, like, to grandmother's house we go. But perfect, um, I mean, I'm a sucker for found footage. I love found footage. Oh, yeah, footage, me and too. And it's found footage. Yeah. Um, and I love, I think found footage is, is great now because you, since we have, you know, webcams and phones and stuff like that, yeah. we can do so much more with it. Yeah. Or even something like Chronicle. I don't know if you saw Chronicle. I did see Chronicle. But like that, they like they the found footage was even the security footage uh, or like CCTV footage of stuff. And I thought that was actually really well implemented. That was good. I thought it was a great way to be creative with filmmaking. So yeah, I don't know. That's coming on three weeks, so should be good. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I might have to do an episode about that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did I watch that I want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, we saw Book of Life. That's it was. Oh yeah, Book of Life. Yeah, it was okay. cute. It's uh, cute. It's a yeah. cute movie. The music's fun. Yeah, the music caught me off guard. Yes. I didn't know that was going to happen. No. And then all of a sudden, it was like, "Here's the mariachi version of I Will Wait" by Mumford and Sons, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wh- uh, oh, Kingsman. We watched Kingsman the other night. Okay, and I haven't seen it. It's pretty great. Not- yeah. It's pretty great. Really, the reason uh, I've been playing catch up uh, since I've quit my second job mm-hmm. and have more time. Uh, we've kind of been red boxing one a week Sweet. to sort of catch up, mm-hmm. and so I think we're caught up mostly because we we saw what we do in the shadows, we saw Kingsman, now we saw Book of Life. And I think the only other one that we really is really really on our list is Ex Machina. Okay. Which I heard was really good. My sister has seen it and she said it was really good. Everyone said it's really good, so yeah. I want to see that. Um, but So we caught up on Kingsman, and the big reason I wanted to see Kingsman is because Film Crit Hulk wrote a 22,000-word essay on it, <laughs> and I love <laughs> Film Crit Hulk so much. If you guys are unfamiliar, uh, look up Film Crit Hulk. He is a... He's a film critic, um, a film essayist, really, yeah. who like is... writes under this persona of film crit hulk because he's he's some sort of bigwig in movies no one really knows huh. who he is except for those super close to him mm-hmm. but he's like the reason he he hides under the hulk persona is so that close fr- like if he's criticizing people he's close to they don't know it yeah um but so he writes in all caps as though he is the hulk <laughs> But it's twenty two thousand words in all caps. Yeah, and it's the most, some of the most cinematically literate stuff you will ever read in your entire <laughs> life. Um, and sometimes he goes off topic, and like the piece he wrote before Kingsman was about how Kanye West is the defining artist of the two uh, thousands, mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. But so I really wanted to watch Kingsman so I could finally read the Film Crit Hulk article, mm-hmm. and so I did. And then I spent the next hour and a half the next morning <laughs> reading through it on my phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good. Um, kind of the the Cliff's Notes of the Film Crit Hulk thing is when you go into that movie, approach it like an Austin Powers movie mm-hmm. that removes any sort of innuendo from it. So you know how all the Austin Powers movies, there's a lot of innuendo yeah. in the jokes? This is if they just said what the innuendo actually meant. Okay. Super straightforward. Super straightforward. And it, so Film Crit, Hulk, Film Crit Hulk's entire... Um, point about it is that it's a genius comedy because it removes all innuendo and it's just super honest right the entire time which is how like 
every James Bond movie would be if it was super honest, how mm-hmm. every Austin Powers movie would be because it's super honest. So it's not, and it's not, and it's that without being an indictment of those things. Like it appreciates those mm-hmm. things and appreciates the things it accomplished. It's, like it, it's not yeah. cynical and snarky and mad about those yeah. things existing. It's yeah. just like, hey, we're going to do the Weird Al version and be very <laughs> literal about it. <laughs> And it's pretty good from that aspect. Um, that sounds great, yeah. It's super character-driven, which I was not expecting. Mm-mm, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Okay. There's really only three action beats in the whole two-hour movie, and they feel super earned wow. because of that. Yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. check it out. Um, it's pretty good. And Colin Firth, who I don't usually like, is really good really in good it. good in it. He's great in it. Um, <laughs> Mark Strong is probably the best in it, though. Mark Strong. Mark Strong is the villain from Sherlock Holmes. Okay. The Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, ones. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like Stanley Tucci, mm-hmm. but is British and angry. <laughs> um, he plays. They're all named after the the Knights of the Round Table. Like that's kind of the whole thing is that they're they're all they all all their code names are the knights. Okay. And but Mark Strong's the guy who like trains them all, so he's Merlin. Okay. And so that's that's his character name. And Michael Caine <laughs> is the leader of them, so he's Arthur. And um, yeah, it's just it's a really fun time. Like it's Sweet. yeah, it's really fun. But you don't have to turn your brain off and like you can be just mindlessly entertained by it. But if you go into it like approaching it as a parody of James Bond and Austin Powers, which is crazy because that they did a parody of a parody. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Um, yeah, there's just you know, and and the fact that he found a way to do that without betraying or being cynical is really impressive because the 21st century is pretty cynical and I'm like kind of over it depending so no I like that direct that's refreshing yeah I I dig that as humor and just as a new approach yeah that sounds good yeah direct without being mean yeah which is good which is Uh, great yeah so it's I don't know I liked it a lot I'd probably I'd like to see it again I'll I'll have to check it out I'm curious now yeah, so uh, that's what we've been watching this week. Um, we're going to take a short break and come back and talk to you about three 90s movies Yay! that we witnessed in a very unique way. Yay. Yeah, we'll be right back. And we're back. And as we've uh, not buried the lead on this episode, um, we schlepped on down to... Hollywood Forever Cemetery mm-hmm. and spent the night sitting on graves watching <laughs> 90s movies. Yeah. Because we're respectful. Weird juxtaposition there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is a film series called Senespia. And every summer they do films at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery outdoors on this big lawn that they have out there. And once a year uh, during their summer season, they do movies all night in the graveyard. It's the annual Cinespia slumber party is what they call it. And this year's theme was 90s movies. Last year's theme was, I think, fantasy films. Um, yeah, which I don't know what they were, but I'd like to see. Probably would have been good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so movies start at 9 p.m. and go until 4, or in our case, 4.30 in the morning. Um, yep. And then you leave and go die. Yep. Um, I was weirdly awake, though. Like, totally awake enough to drive after that, which yeah. was surprising. Yeah, I was weirdly awake for a little bit. Like, once we got back on the road and, like, mm-hmm. started driving to where we were going to stay for the night. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a... Uh, it was a good time that I don't know if I need to have happen in my life again. <laughs> yeah. It was a bigger... I, when we got there, because the whole time I'm excited, I'm like, I know it's going to be all night, but it's going to be great. And then when we get there, and we're into the first movie and then waiting for Scream, I was mm-hmm. like, 
this is a big commitment. Yeah. I didn't realize how big of a commitment this was. Yeah. This is huge. So, because I found myself thinking before Scream had started, I wish we're leaving after Scream, you know? Yeah. I thought about that too. And I was going to suggest it, but I was like, we already talked about freaking Cruel Intentions on the podcast. So we can't. So we can't. And I like wanted to nap so bad during Cruel Intentions because I I was super not into that movie. Oh my God. We're going to have to get to that part. Yeah. We can just trash that movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I was like, no, I have to because it's for the podcast. And my fiance was like, yeah, I could tell. Because I was talking to her about it. She was like, I could tell you were just like, uh, in and your I brain. Was freezing by that point. Yeah, we were like, all really no. cold, which is dumb because we had decided, we we thought we were, we were like, let's grab jackets. And then we like went to the car wash and we were like, we didn't grab jackets. Oh, well. It's fine. It's we didn't fine. even bring pillows. Nope, we didn't bring pillows. Oh, My fine. back hurt after. Um, so the setup is actually pretty cool. It's this big yeah. lawn. Um, there's a DJ going and like cool lighting and they have all these booths and food trucks and there's a photo booth and it's a really cool atmosphere. Um, really chill. Yeah. It the was, people are really nice. Yeah. Everyone like was super nice. Yeah. Great. Um, and then they, for the first two films, they had like people who were involved with the movie introduce them, which was kind of mm-hmm. fun. Um, we'll elaborate more on a certain person later. Uh, um, yeah, it was it was a good time. I could see myself going back to do the one movie. Yeah, because they do they do like single movies. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, one movie. I could totally do that. Um, yeah, one movie I could totally do. Yeah, even Grindhouse, which they're doing on September 11th, which is like three and a half hours. I could do that. Yeah, something chunky, but like not literally till four thirty. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, too. Um, and that one, you know, that one's. A two movie experience and so you get your multiple movies in that one I actually would really like to go back but I think it's sold out shoot yeah. but plus I own Grindhouse on Blu-ray so it doesn't really matter okay. um so the first movie that uh was up was the 1990 like 1990 something four five six something I can look it up um Mid-90s comedy, Can't Hardly Wait, which is just an extended party scene um, because the filmmakers decided that, uh, we talked about this on the last episode, Mm -hmm. that the party scenes are the best scenes of 90s movies, 90s teen movies anyway, so we'll just make one long party scene. And uh, to sum up my expectations going into it, I was not super into that idea. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just like 90s teen comedies don't really get my motor running, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, so headed in, I was like, ah, this will be whatever. I'm really here for Scream. Um, <laughs> what were your expectations headed into it? Um, okay, I looked it up, by the way, 1998. 98. So, late 90s. Okay. Um, headed in, I just... I thought it would be fun, but I wasn't expecting anything that great. Like, yeah. just kind of, okay, cool, there are, there are actors that are in here that were... F- like, it's before they were famous. Yeah, and, and we know who they are now. The soundtrack is all 90s music, and that was it. That yeah. was really my expectation going into it. Yeah. I think both of us were pleasantly surprised by Can't yeah. Hardly Wait. It was really good. It was really funny. Yeah. It was hilarious, actually. Like, I laughed at that way more than I thought I was going yes. to. Like, I, surprised laughter. Yeah. Me, you know? Yeah. Which I love when that happens. I love being surprised by things being Yeah. Funny. So what was the biggest surprise for you, aside from the fact that it was actually good and funny? Uh, you, like, plot-wise, or...? Just, like, what what... I think what was the biggest thing for you that you were like, wow, I, this did not, I did not think this was going to be 
like, what was the biggest joke for you that, that you were like, man, this is actually hilarious? I can't remember specific jokes. I just remember laughing, like, a lot more than I thought I would. What are what are some specific ones? Mine was Seth Green's entire performance. Okay, yeah. I That is not the character I thought he was going to be playing, and <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, also, the for me, even though it was kind of tropey, but they just did it really well. They had a lot of fun with it, because they didn't care, I think, that it was yeah. tropey. It was, um... The well, who's that actor? He's also in What About Bob. He's that young he's oh, a nerd. Yeah, 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 that guy. Um, yeah. So that that role. Of, his whole plot line was his great. His whole plot line, because the way they did it, I think the way they did it was a little not tropey though. When he yeah. comes in and his plan is to prank the jocks and like ruin ruin their lives at the end of their senior year, but then he ends up getting Ex- he gets wasted. Drunk, yeah, pretty wasted. But then becomes the life of the party, you know? Yeah, he has a great moment where he sings Paradise City in front of everyone. Yes, and people are going nuts. Yep, and that might actually be the best joke in the movie to me, when he falls down because he gets flashed, and then he just, he jumps up back onto the, onto the table, and then out of nowhere the mic just floats up back into his hand. Well, and the best thing, too, the way that was done was, because it's so loud, and he's singing, he's singing, and then he falls, and it's silent, and there's it's silent like they don't they cut the sound when yeah. it's leaping back onto the table yeah so dramatic yep it's so good I think um, I think that's what helped the movie it's very self-aware mm-hmm. um, it's I think it rides a fine line between parody and earnestness yeah because it's not an, it's not like annoyingly ironic which we were talking about like I'm right. tired of that too right I'm so done with that right um, it's not ironic it's just hey this is what it is and yeah it's goofy and stupid yeah and like even fun. the whole like creepy stalkery plot line that is the the main thorough line of it it feels like they were aware of like yeah you're supposed to be kind of like creeped out by this guy I and like so. groany like the way it that ends was awful yeah the way it ends is super just like groan worthy oh. and the way they shot it and like set it up just made it seem like, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. And, like, the, the, I think they set that up from the beginning because it's Ethan Embry's character is in love with Jennifer, quote, in love with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, who he's interacted with a total of one time in yep. his four years at uh, high school. Interacted as in, like, made eye contact, not yep. even spoken. And noticed that they had the same Pop-Tart. Yeah. And, but it, right from the get-go, like, when he's telling the story of how, the first time he saw her, one, I thought that was really well done. Where they had him, like, kind of, like, telling the story yes. in the scene, like, was... in the actual classroom mm-hmm. as the flashback. Uh, I, I love it when movies do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, Reservoir Dogs did that. And I'm, I'm a sucker for that. But also, they started off with a Casablanca reference. So they, like, he's like, of all the classrooms in all yes. the high schools in America, she had to walk into mine. It was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, you know that this is just, like, kind of having fun with, like, romantic, like, comedy dumbness. Right. So I think they set up a clear expectation from it, and it's just like, if that happened in real life, clearly she would be like, you're the creepiest person who's oh ever gosh. existed in the history of you people. You are insane. Like, he, you wrote me a love letter from four years ago, and you kept it. And you revised it. And you dozens of times. giving it to me now. Yep. Ugh. Yep. Yeah, it's gotta be. You're right. It's kinda gotta be self-aware. I yeah. Hope. Because I feel like every other character in that movie is super self-aware. Like, the nerd who, like, gets wasted and then mm-hmm. becomes the life of the party. But they do it in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. Or the, like, the the guy who's like, I'm gonna get bitches the whole yeah. time. But, like, he's never had sex before. Yep. And never, like, 
they imply that he's never really been in a relationship at all mm-hmm. before and like his whole persona is phony like in, i feel like in most 90s movies that guy would just be played straight but they like kind of humanize him you know yeah, they give him a backstory do. and like put him in a situation where he has to drop that persona right well and i, I don't think i mean without making it sound like this amazingly complex thing i think right. it's pretty it is pretty complex though i mean the way they humanize him is is great that character the way they that one jock I'm thinking of the jock who bonds with the nerdy guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's, but not in a straightforward way, not in a way you would think. So not in a way where, oh, no, nerd and jock bond, and and now jock does nerd a favor. Yeah. And then they're best friends, or, like, jock realizes the error of his ways. No, because at the end, he goes back to being jock. He goes back to being a jerk. But that's, that's kind of how people are. You know, it's not, like, a full arc. But that's why I'm curious as to why everyone was pretty complex and had this arc, um... As far as you can have in a movie that's just about a party. But then you just... The two main, the, the romantic leads, didn't. Yeah. What's the deal with that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, are they are they making a point? Or are they just... Was it just like, eh, we'll yeah. just do this? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a very good question. Um, it kind of reminds me of... If you kind of condensed Freaks and Geeks into a movie. Okay. I don't know if you've seen Freaks and Geeks. No. Oh, you should watch that. Yeah. It's only 18 episodes. Okay. I can commit to that. Um... Yeah. It's great. And there's a there's a thing where um you know, freaks and geeks and uh, <laughs> the 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 freaks quote are kind of they're kind of the cool like stonery guys. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's like Jason Siegel, James Franco and Seth Rogen before any of those guys were Jason Siegel, Seth Rogen and James Franco. It's oh. Judd Apatow. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, it was it, so it's that whole crew before mm-hmm. they were like the Judd Apatow crew, <laughs> and there's then there's like the nerdy kids, and they're like stereotypical eighties nerdy kids, super into D and D and like weird movies yeah. and like Ralph Bakshi animation and stuff. Mm-hmm. And James Franco's character kind of like gets disillusioned with the freaks who are, like, the cool kids to the nerds, and he's, like, he's kind of the bully to them, but then he, like, goes into their... He, they accept him into their D&D group, and they teach him how to play D&D, and yeah. he has a really good time. It reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. Of that whole whole thing, and yeah. I think that predates Freaks and Geeks, but it, it just... It had that same feel to it. Uh-huh. Especially... You'll understand if you, if you if watch, watch the it. show. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a great show. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. yeah. And Can't Hardly Wait kind of reminded me of, like, a more surface-level okay. version of Freaks and Geeks, yeah. so I think it really, like... It helped a lot that it had that kind of sensibility in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's Can't Hardly Wait. It was a good time. It I was. think it was the perfect way to kick off that night. I think it was well chosen, yeah. Yeah. It was a good choice on their part. Yep. And then, so we had an hour and a half long break. And yep. walked around, got some tacos. We found Hitchcock's grave. Saw Hitchcock's grave. Yeah, and just great kinda, view of the movies. Yep. Which is fitting. <laughs> I that don't makes, know if he'd be happy about that. Yeah. With those films, but, you know. Yeah. I think he'd just be happy that it existed. Yeah, that's true. I think that's he's true. just happy that it's, it's happening in a graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we saw Hitchcock's grave. Like, we all kind of stopped and had a moment of reverence for it. Like, we were just like... Just stared silently. Yeah. And it was pretty great. And so then um, Scream gets... Inter- so then they play 90s music videos. Yeah. To which they started playing Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. Oh yeah, this is the best moment. And this guy just knew every dance move. The entire thing. Yeah. He knew that video front to back. Like, so good that I'm like, maybe he does 
like dance stuff like in LA. Yeah. Totally would be possible. Totally. He was freaking people were putting their cell phone lights on so he had yeah. a spotlight. Yep. I mean and he was like he was hamming it up for us too, man. Mm-hmm. Like once he found out he had an audience, he, was he a just superstar. he went for it and it was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um and then they brought uh so before Can't Hardly Wait, they brought out Ethan Embry and Peter Facinelli, who Ethan Embry's the main the quote main character of mm-hmm. uh can't hardly, can't hardly wait. And then Peter Facinelli is the jock guy that we were talking about yeah. from Twilight fame yep. uh, as Mr. Cullen. And then they had a couple other people. They had one of the directors and then... Um, that other dude that talked about making memories. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was great. That was so good. Um, and then they brought Rose Byrne out. No. Rose um, McGowan. Rose McGowan. Mm-hmm. A very inebriated. Super drunk. Rose McGowan. Uh, Hilariously to drunk. introduce Scream. And she was like, I just found out about this at 7 p.m. <laughs> Never mind that she's at most, most of those. <laughs> and it's her movie. Like, she's in this movie. Yeah. So, like, the odds of that. Yeah. Low. Yeah, she it, almost every time they have a Rose McGowan movie playing, she's there introing it. Yeah, so nice so, try. Yeah. Nice try, Rose. It was just an excuse for Not her to be to drunk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and she asks the audience, uh, how many of you consider yourself artists? And we're in LA, so a good chunk of people wooed. And then she goes, how many of you don't consider yourself artists? And even though we were in LA, a bigger chunk of people uh, wooed. And she was like, well, you're dead wrong because you're here supporting this and that makes you an artist. And I was like, like, no, it's not. That's not what an artist is. Um, And so then she talked about, and she had, I would say, this is the valid point out of her insane rambling, uh, which was that we need to support genre film and that it doesn't get its due nearly as much as it probably should. Which I agree, but it's frustrating. Like, for me, it was frustrating because... She was so pretentious about it? No, because it's it's in the context of the film screen. Yes. Which, like, it's... Okay, it's a fun movie, and, like, yeah, it did something that maybe hadn't really been done for horror films, but... And it's iconic, but it's not super intelligent. She was, like, talking about how these were character studies. Oh, my God. These aren't characters. They're caricatures, if that. 100%. They're a series of tropes. That's it. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the point of the film. But, I mean, right. don't pretend like this is more intelligent than yeah. it is. And so it's frustrating because, yeah, I agree that we need to give genre films their due. And I agree that horror films are really important. And I think they need to matter more in the, like, you know, in yeah. the making of movies. Um but also she said there's not I don't see a lot of what she said is I don't see a lot of um, intelligent horror films being made right now I'm like mm-hmm. what are you watching yeah what the heck um, excuse me apparently you don't believe in indie film yeah I mean what we talked about this last week we talked about this just last week on the last episode that we're seeing so many good horror movies right now all the time and so it was like you don't really I don't feel like you're really qualified to say anything just shut yeah. your mouth you're a little drunk, but I think even if you were sober, you'd probably be saying some of the same thing. It's true. I heard her on a podcast one time, and she bothered me a lot. She was just super annoying. Because <laughs> yeah. she had these, like, crazy, delusional, not-in-touch-with-the-world thoughts. Yeah, and uh, it's just... I So I agree like with some of her points. Like, yeah, let's give them their due, but let's not talk about it in the context of Scream when you're drunk. Because then yeah. you're discrediting what I think could be a valid argument. Yes. And yeah. you're also discrediting it by by not actually being an expert in the field because yeah. you don't even watch apparently indie horror films right now. Yeah. So. And she was like, um, you know, I'm not a 
blonde-haired girl at a Midwest high school. But I showed up every day and tried my best to be that. And I was like, hold up. She just explained what acting was <laughs> to acting. us. She's acting. She's acting. Oh, my God. Like She, like, explained it to us like we were five-year-olds, what the craft of acting was. It reminded me of, have you seen Extras with Ricky Gervais? Yes. The, I Ian McKellen. So Ian, so Ian, so Ian. I did That's that, I did that to Kristen. Because I, I, I leaned over to her and I was like, she just told us what acting was. And she was like, yep. And then I went, so Ian, so Ian, so Ian. <laughs> you shall not pass. Cut, so Ian, so Ian, so Ian. So Ian. That's, okay, that it was scene, that. I was like crying with Oh that. my gosh. Ian McKellen is one of my favorite people. Yeah. And him like parodying himself in that gold okay but that's like a sidetrack yeah that's no exactly. scripts on opening night <laughs> that's that's exactly kind of what she was doing yeah Not that was what it was i was like what is anyone else noticing this right now so then yeah. scream starts and i've never seen scream before mm-hmm. and my understanding of scream is that it had a very important or it has a very important place in horror film history and that it's really good, and that it's the most iconic horror film of the 90s. Yeah. Um, so I had actually pretty high expectations going into it. Um, yeah, I'm curious what you thought, because... Yeah. Oh, boy! Yeah, I'm sure you were kind of disappointed in that. Oh, man! <laughs> wow. Yes. So did you... You'd seen it before. I'd seen it before, and I wasn't very impressed. Okay. And I hadn't... I wasn't as much of a horror freak as I am now. Uh-huh. So... I thought going into it a second time, maybe I could just get a little bit more insight onto it, into it, you know, uh-huh. and appreciate it more and its place in the, in the genre. Mm-hmm. How'd that pan out? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, no. Because that, okay, I don't know when Scream came out. When, what I want to say 98, but I double check. Well, because that was self-aware to the point of hipster irony. Oh I mean, my that was, gosh. It was like, gag me, you know, like so bad. I hated that movie. <laughs> Oh, it was so annoying. It was just like, here's a group of crappy teenagers who are just the crappiest crap teenagers that ever crapped. Yep. Who were the most like, did they did they go to the high school for the cinematically literate? Because every other line out of their mouth was this like weird, one, film reference that didn't make sense in the context <laughs> of the scene. And two, or it was either like a weird reference where they were like, oh, that's like blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Or... It was this, like, weird explanation of a trope of a horror movie. So jarring. But, like, I, I, was, I was a kid who was into film at 16, and I didn't know that stuff. Like, I just, it was so heightened to the point of, of cartoon. Well, and the plot, the, um, what are we, Agatha Christie? Like, the way it turns out? Right. That's absurd. Right. Or, why... Why, dear Lord, did you give did you give them a motive? Yeah. Make them crazy horror nuts. Yeah. Make them crazy horror genre nuts. It would have been way better if the kid who was obsessed with horror was the killer. Well, those other two, though, were obsessed. They were obsessed with horror. Like, the way they would make the calls on the phone. Yeah, that's true. They give you a quiz on horror. But they could have gone into that and made it actually really weird and creepy. Yeah. But instead, they're like, eh, my parents are divorced. And And it's your fault. For some yeah. reason. I mean, that... It just doesn't make sense. It's yeah. not like this is cre- like creepy and it's in the mind of a killer. No, yeah. it's just like, yeah, you're dumb. Like, yeah. And the horror thing doesn't line up. And it doesn't... 
deliver on the beginning of the movie at all. Because why did Drew Barrymore get killed? What did she have to do with any of that? Nothing. It was just nothing. Exposition. Also, it cracks me up because she's on the cover. I'm like, she's in the movie for five minutes. Yeah. Uh, also, so. that's the best part of the whole movie. The movie doesn't get better after that. No. That scene's awesome. That's a good, that, a good opener. That really opening strong. scene is so good. It's a better film than the rest of the <laughs> film. It could have been that short, short film. film. It could have been that short film and it would have been better for it. Yes. Because the rest is just like insane screaming about movie tropes and who the killer is based on the based on the horror movie formula. And that dude who plays Shaggy is the worst in oh this movie. My, just, the, I mean, he just... Okay, he's annoying, though, as a person, he, He's probably. so obnoxious. That poor guy. But he probably just is. Gosh. His face. His face. His face, yes. That's it. Say no more. I didn't think I was going to hate that movie as much as I did. Like, as the movie was going on, I was like, why do I hate this so much? The journalist? Remember the journalist and how weirdly bizarre that plotline was? Monica? So not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Courtney Cox and, like, uh... Henry Winkler as the principal? Great. Hello, Henry Winkler. I... Okay, also, from a horror standpoint, there's not... It's never scary. It's never scary. Let's just establish that. Maybe at the beginning... The, that intro is pretty scary. Okay, like, I was scary. like, this is creepy. But that's about... A, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Rest of the movie, never scary. Never. Nope. And so it's, it doesn't have any atmospheric anything. None. And it's not gory enough. You have yeah. to have one or the other. Yeah. You gotta have I it agree. to be creepy, like you're gonna have nightmares because of just the, the feeling, or you're gonna... You know, you're remembering all the blood or you're laughing at all the blood. There has to be one of those, too. Yeah. If you're missing one, what are you doing? Yeah. How is this a horror film? Because you talk about horror? Ew. Yeah. And it was just, like, it tried to be this, like, meta commentary on horror movie, which, I mean, I guess it was, but it sucks, so it doesn't matter. Like, it... Well, like, I mean, like, if you want meta... Like, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Brilliant. Boom. Genius example. Dunzo. Just go watch Cabin in the Woods over Scream. It's more important to I mean, horror than Scream It didn't happen in the 90s, but, like... I don't care. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, I kind of thought that the wink to Freddy Krueger was good. Like having the janitor mm-hmm. when like the killer's knocking on Henry Winkler's door <laughs> and he like looks out and it's Wes Craven in the Freddy Krueger yes, costume. That was funny. I was like, okay, I'll give you that. Like that whole scene I really like, but that's just because I love Henry Winkler because he's the Fonz. Yeah. And uh, Barry Zuckercorn um, <laughs> from Arrested Development. But yes. Yeah, I I expected so much more out of this movie that it did not deliver on, and I, no. quite frankly, do not understand the place it has in people's hearts. Like, I don't know if they're blinded by nostalgia and haven't seen it since it came out 20 years ago. Well, and even if they had seen it now, they probably would still like it because of the nostalgia thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and for me, after getting into horror, I never had a desire... Even though I had barely seen, you know, seen it mm-hmm. that one time, I didn't have a desire again because I mean, if you're looking at also if you're looking at critical horror literature mm-hmm. by critics um, and by um, theorists, they're not talking about Scream. Yeah. So I mean, maybe the general populace, yeah, Scream is important, but to people who are thinking about it on an intellectual level, yeah, Scream isn't important. Yeah, I think a lot of people point to it as a good parody, but it's not a good parody either. No. It's. It, it, I hear it pointed to more as a good like parody horror movie in the genre of like uh, like an Evil Dead or something, but not even close. In which case, just watch Evil Dead. Yeah, right. It's way better. Yes, and it has more interesting camera work. To be perfectly honest. And again, also scary. Also has a lot of gore. Yeah. You gotta have one. You gotta have one. And, yeah. and Scream has neither. Yeah. No, hell, even watch New Evil Dead. New Evil Dead oh, was yeah, better than this. New Evil Dead is better than Scream. New Evil Dead was pretty good. It was pretty good. 
Um, but yeah, oh my gosh. And just like, it's just boring. Like, there's no reason for me to give a crap about any of these characters except for Drew Barrymore, who dies immediately. Only character I felt for in the entire movie was that character. They don't give them, um, they don't give the characters any depth. None. But you need depth to care about them. No, nobody who dies, which, I give a crap about. Nobody who gets killed, I give a crap about. Like, nobody who's the killer, I give a crap about. Which I feel like is a, is a great segue, almost, into the third movie. Yes. Speaking of not giving any depth yeah. to literally anyone. Yeah. So, Scream ends, Ugh. and... I was, I think, too tired to voice my disappointment with that travesty. We're just, like, marathoning it at this point. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, Cruel Intentions starts in 20 minutes. And headed into Cruel Intentions, I was not excited about it to begin with because that premise didn't really do anything for me. And I think you kind of felt the same way. You were more interested in the fact that it was... uh, as we learned, suggested by... Suggested by the novel. By the novel, uh... Liaisons? Dangerous dangerous, li- yeah, yeah, Dangerous, dangerous liaisons. liaisons. Yeah. Which, by the way, they had to name the movie Cruel Intentions because there's already a movie called Dangerous Liaisons. Mm-hmm. It's, just, they were, it's just like a thesaurus title. Yep. Um, so, Cruel Intentions follows the story of Ryan Phillippe. I'm not going to use character names because I don't give a crap. And I, I don't know what they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ryan Phillippe is the stepbrother of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And she says, if you bed this virgin girl who has this write-up in some teen magazine about why it's good to be a virgin, you have to... I will have sex with you because you are my stepbrother and you have the hots for me since our parents got married. And Ryan Phillippe says, okay, what what if that doesn't happen? She says, you have to give me your 1956 Jaguar Roadster. Says, deal's on. And that's it. It's equating female sexuality to cars. <laughs> We've been doing it for hundreds of years. So and so... So then it's just like him trying to like bed Reese Witherspoon and then there's some subplot with Selma Blair that she wants someone Buffy wants someone in her friend group to have sex with Selma Blair for reasons that I am unclear on because I do not give a crap about this movie in any way shape or form. I mean the thing is like Buffy she's the she's the mastermind, she's a sociopath. Right. Um and she's the just she just likes puppets, you know. She yeah. likes puppets and like somehow her boyfriend dumped her, wah, wah, and he had the hots for that girl. Was her boyfriend the cello teacher? No. So oh. her boyfriend never... He's not in the movie at all? No. Oh, that's bad screenwriting 101. Neat. I think she is actually in the movie as a flashback of when she's, like, in a car with him. Okay. Um, but... I may have gone to the bathroom at that point. Okay. I went to the bathroom pretty close to the beginning of the movie, so. Okay. Um, yeah, so you probably missed that pointless and stupid exposition about how um, her boyfriend broke up with her. And then he was like, "Why well, I like this new girl. And then she's like, well, I'm going to hate the new girl now instead of hating my boyfriend. So is the new girl Selma Blair? Yeah, okay. Selma Blair. And so then Buffy's like, I'm going to take you under my wing, but I want to ruin your life. And Selma Blair is like weird, like, oh, I want to discover sexuality. How is. old is she supposed to be in this movie, by the way? I don't know. Because I'm I was sure. like, you could be 19, you could be 12. Yeah, I'm not really sure. It was confusing. Yeah. I didn't get it. Um, I, don't, I don't think they explicitly stated it either way. Yeah. But it was kind of, I mean, so essentially they're, juxtapos- they're juxtaposing, I mean, you have these two manipulative weirdos. Right. And then you have um, these two virginal characters who have yeah. a different outlook. One's like, no, 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 I'm not going to have sex. I'm going to have blah, blah. 
The other one's like, oh, I really want to experience what this is, and I'm curious, and I right. don't know. Right. But there's no reason to give a crap about any of the no. four of them. Like, it's, it's purely Literally just... that explanation and starting with that, it sounds way more interesting than it than it is. Not really, but we'll get to that in a second for me. <laughs> um, I... So, yeah, there's that's kind of it. Like, yeah. nothing else really happens. I mean, he ends up having sex with Reese Witherspoon and Selma Blair, even though he didn't want to have sex with Selma Blair. He does for some reason. I forgot that part. Yeah. I just, like, blocked that out of my mind. Yeah, I don't... I was just like, why well, am I even looking at there's this? No, there's no motivation for anyone to be doing anything in that movie. I don't because know. Because you... Yeah, they don't, they're not given any. Yeah, there's just... no character. There's nothing going on in this movie. Like, events happen, but, like, I don't care about them, and I don't remember them, because it was three o'clock in the morning, and because I didn't care. Well, like, and you have, like, this character who's so vapid and so self-concerned, suddenly saying he loves someone out of yeah. nowhere, and I'm like, ha! Yeah, That's and it, cute. it has nothing interesting to say about any like any of its themes. Like it has, it's like it wants to be this like very smart movie about sex, and it's not. Like it has nothing to say about sex. It just shows it. It has nothing to say about sex. It has nothing to say about emotion or like being a sociopath or being vapid. Like it has nothing to say about being like a crazy like affluent New Yorker who's just bored and has to manipulate people. Like it has nothing to say about anything. There's no commentary. Yeah, and there's really no commentary to be made on the movie except to say that there's. Nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's nothing to say about this movie. I've, I don't think I've watched a movie on the podcast yet that I've had nothing to say about. Yeah. I, well, I was thinking about it that night. I was like, I have not hated a movie this much and been so bored by. I didn't even hate it because there was so much nothing. Like, there was so much nothing <laughs> happening. I couldn't have an opinion on it either way. It just existed in front of me for an hour and a half. And then I left it. <laughs> my, um, my mom, when she was in college, she had a professor who was hilarious her always cracked her up and he read their papers one time and got back to them in class and was like described his experience of reading them as he said i I was shocked and bored and she always loved that because they're two opposite things that is exactly how i feel about that film yeah shocked and bored yeah i agree i agree (laughs) so this movie had an uphill battle with me in the first place because i am very bored by any movie that has to do with sex in general like it just it's just something that i don't care about yeah like I mean, I guess that seems harsh. I guess I have an opinion <laughs> on it. But it just, like, anytime something's like, it's an erotic thriller or a psychosexual, whatever, I'm like, I don't really care that much. Yeah. Like, I get I don't, you for that. Yeah, yeah I, I don't... That. Whatever. I, there's just... There's other things in a movie I'd rather be talking about. Like, yeah. I don't know. And I, I can't tell you why, really. It just doesn't... It's not your thing. Yeah. Just, I don't really... Like, it's not something I talk about in my life. I don't really seek those out either. Yeah. Like, that's not like a genre that I'm like, yes. Yeah. And like, I'm always bored by them. Like Black Swan. They were like, it's just like Black Swan. I was, no, that movie also, I was just like, whatever. I don't care. I like most of those movies that are like about sex on that, on that big level or like Mm -hmm. a sexual awakening or something like Black Black Swan is like pretty well acted. Like it's good on a technical level, but like, I just Mm -hmm. didn't care about it. Okay. And education. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I know. I like that movie got a bunch of award attention, it did. and it was fine. I guess I don't know. Like I'll, those movies tend to just exist in front of me, mm-hmm. but usually I can. Ow. Usually <laughs> I can. I can uh, at least see what they're saying and not care about it. In this movie, they weren't saying anything, and I didn't care about it either. Like there was nothing. There's nothing in this movie. There's nothing. I mean, and then the ending, laughable, just hilarious. I yeah, mean, it was so melodramatic. Yeah, I point. figured that out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is he gets hit by a car, 
declares his love. Declares his love for Reese Witherspoon and her forehead dent. And which was extremely prominent. Yeah. Because of the way they styled her hair in this movie. Um, And then Reese Witherspoon prints a bunch of copies of Ryan Phillippe's diary, which are all these like entries about how manipulative Buffy is. Yeah. And distributes them to the entire school. And that's kind of how the movie ends. So essentially, like, this dead guy has the last laugh. Yeah. Which, he's dead, so... It doesn't matter. No one wins. Yeah. They essentially are clawing each other's eyes out, even after the grave, you know? Yeah, and they, like, they try to say that, like, Reese Witherspoon's the one who won, because she, like, got... The car. She got got the the car car and got revenge on on Buffy for Ryan Phillippe because they were so in love even though they did nothing to establish that relationship at all. Also, can we just... I'm concerned about the technicality of how she has the car. She stole it. Because, I mean, (laughs) he was giving over the pink slip, not the sister. Yeah. And he was dead unless he, like, had it in his pocket, quick signed it over. Yeah. I don't know, that bugged me. I didn't think about that. It was too late at night for me to think about that. Also, Bittersweet Symphony. Oh my gosh! Obnoxiously in the background. Oh my gosh! Okay. So I went to the bathroom at the end of the movie too because I was like, nothing's gonna happen. So I was, I leaned over to my fiance. I was like, I'm gonna hit the bathroom up one more time before we leave. Walked over to the bathroom. Ryan Phillippe gets hit by a car. I was like, yeah, I kind of saw someone was gonna die, so I don't give a crap. Mm-hmm. Walked to the bathroom. Went to the bathroom. Walked out, and then immediately when I walked out, like it was, it was waiting for me. Yeah. Like it cued me out of the bathroom. The yeah. And uh, bittersweet symphony started, and I just walked back (laughs) i like i made i made a cognitive music video in my head that was way more interesting than the movie that was me walking through a graveyard at three o'clock in the morning to bittersweet symphony like playing on this massive sound system amongst ten thousand people and i had way more fun with that than anything in cruel intentions oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah i mean I'm glad that we kind of saved our thoughts on the movies. I was doing that on purpose because okay. I, I could tell that you hated it, and I knew that I. Hated oh really? It. Oh yeah. I couldn't. Really. I couldn't read you at all. Oh really? I was too tired to read anyone. Okay. I could tell. I knew you hated it, and I was like, I hate it, and I don't want to talk about it because we can just totally crap on it on the podcast. Yeah. So. I yeah I couldn't read you on any of them except for Can't Hardly Wait because we both said, Hey, we like that a lot. Yeah. We after, did. but like we didn't say anything about Scream. We were tired. Yeah, we were, yeah, and I was, like, I was not, like, in a mental spot to be reading other people's emotions. Yeah. And so I was, like, I don't know how Ariel felt about Scream, I don't know how she felt about Cruel Intentions, like, I got nothing. And, yeah, yeah. gosh. And to be fair, like, Scream I had a lot more fun with than Cruel Intentions. Scream is way more fun than Cruel Intentions. You can enjoy that film. Yes. When you're watching with a group of people, you can enjoy it. Cruel Intentions, God help you if you can enjoy that film. Yeah, right? I don't know what kind of person you are. Right. You can enjoy that film. Yeah. And you can be telling me that and not lying to my face. Yeah. Um, just a point of, of just society, uh, ob- societal observation that I noticed. It was interesting to like watch those movies and see how far we've come in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Because every movie has someone getting called fag as like the biggest burn ever yeah. in it. And it was... Totally right. I hadn't heard anyone called that since the 90s because we grew up as a yeah. society. And it was just, it was really interesting to have that reminder. Like, that happened in every single one of those movies. And even Cruel Intentions is rated PG-13. And that happened in that. And I was like, whoa! Yeah. Dang! Mm-hmm. 
Um, I just thought that was, that was like the big takeaway for me is it was just like, whoa, we've come a long way, I guess. Like, <laughs> man, I don't think I realized how far, uh, that's happened. Like how far that, that we have gotten away from that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, just like, cause I haven't, like, that's not a thing people say anymore. Like I haven't heard no. anyone say that in probably a decade and a half, like right. probably since 2000 started. Yeah. We all just kind of dropped it and everyone was fine with it and no one <laughs> talked about it. Like I didn't, it didn't even enter my no, brain that we had commentary. stopped doing it. Yeah. Until that happened. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a thing we used to call each other. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was fun though, that night. I mean, yeah. It was a fun night. Yeah, it was a good time. Like, I don't know. But yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot, and two not good movies. Two not good movies. That was, that was the roughest thing, you know? Yeah. I would potentially do it again if it was, like, three movies that I knew were going to be, like, crazy good. I would have to have... I would have to be three movies I love to go back to a movies yeah. all night. Yeah. But I would totally go see just, like, Grindhouse or Fight Club. Mm-hmm. That would um, be a lot of fun. Out there. Yeah, it was a good time. I don't know. I recommend doing it if you get the chance. It's, uh, it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, and from, like, a technical aspect, if people are hearing about it and want to go, like, parking-wise, super smooth if you're yeah, parking at the graveyard. Yeah, really well run. Really well run. Everything was well run. Everything yeah. was pretty on time. We were a little late for Scream, but everything else was smoothly done. Yeah, parking was great. Um, the layout of the venue was made sense. Like, I was never lost and there. we were far back, too. Like, that yeah. was nothing. We were sitting really, really far back. Yeah. We could easily, like, perfectly see, perfectly hear. Yeah, that so. projector they have is boss mm-hmm. like whatever projector they're using is so good it's really good and they've calibrated it perfectly like the colors look very really vibrant mm-hmm. but not fake um you know wood grain looks like wood grain it's not all orange mm-hmm. for as bright as you have to have that for it to hit you know back and it was just projected on a wall like they didn't paint any reflective paint oh, no. on it that i could tell i think yeah i think it was just the wall yeah that was nuts <laughs> and they made that thing fit the wall Perfectly. Oh, yeah, the proportions? Yeah, I have no idea how they did that or how long that took. Mm -hmm. And there were plenty of speakers. I was worried about, like, how are we going to hear it? But they had a million speakers and, like, none of them, they had them all pretty much in sync with each other. Like, the, Mm -hmm. no, none of the speakers were firing later than other speakers. There was a bit of an echo, but it wasn't that bad. No, Um, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't super distracting or anything. Yeah. And it's like a cool, it's like a cool place. I'd like to go during the day. They have a film art museum yeah, there. Yeah. That that's cool just like a bunch out. of posters and stuff. That would be awesome to check out. Yeah. I would love to go to that. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's a good time. Uh, I would say go if you get the opportunity. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Definitely uh, do you have any final thoughts? I don't think so. Okay. Like words of summation? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That was the most honest thing that's ever <laughs> happened on the podcast. Mm. That's it. That's the, the yep. sound of summation, I think, for yeah. me. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it was yeah. just hard ending on that note. It was really hard ending on that yeah. note. You know? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about it later. I was like, what um, could they have done? I mean, obviously, they could have put different films. That would have been fantastic. Yeah. But what could they have done with the order? Nothing. That no. was a perfect order. It was a, it was a really good order. Mm-hmm. Because after Can't Hardly Wait, I felt like I was at a party. Yeah. You know? I mean, you, you have to start with that one. Yeah. Scream at midnight, you have to do. Yeah. But couldn't they have just... I just wish they would switch it out with, like, Urban Legends or something else. Yeah, um, or Jeepers Creepers, even. Or oh, a Final yeah. Destination. Like, any, any of those. those. Yeah. Um, And then Can't Hardly Wait, 
I'm or even just do like three party movies back to back and like because they're pretty inter- like yeah. I think you could do three 90s party movies back to back to back or like 90s or like teen comedies throw in a, a little rom-com going on yeah know, something yeah but that's okay I mean with what they picked the order made sense yes yeah it really absolutely did. but like I think it would have been cool to have like an a I don't know uh my brain's defaulting to American Pie, but I feel like there's a better party movie than that from the 90s. Maybe not. Or even, like, an Empire Records. Yeah. Just, like, throw in... I th- I would have been more impressed if it was, like, three movies about kids hanging out. 90s kids hanging out. Sure. Like, te- like right. I think the perfect three movies for that would have been Can't Hardly Wait, Empire Records, 10 Things I Hate About You. Which is an amazing movie. And ending on that note would be perfect, because everyone knows that movie so well. Mm-hmm. Everyone has seen that film. Yep. And you're sleepy, but you can just hang out and kind of just chill. Yeah. And I feel like there's a good energy about that movie. I think that's the other thing is we were crashing during Cruel Intentions because that movie's so boring and there's no energy in it. There's There's no energy in that movie at all. No. No life life in the performances. No life in the camera work. No life in the shot composition. There's just nothing happening in that movie. Well, it's one of those movies where like you're seeing the actors and you feel sorry for them because you know they hate what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest kick that anyone in our group got was Kristen, my fiance, is watching Fringe obsessively on Netflix right now, and Joshua Jackson with bleached hair shows up in that movie. Okay. And she was like, What? (laughs) And that was the only emotion anyone felt. Yeah. During that movie was the fact that someone she likes on another thing <laughs> was in this piece of crap with bad hair. That's it. With ramen, ramen hair. Oh, that curly Justin Timberlake ramen hair. Ew. Okay. Yep. That's such a downer, that film. Okay. Yep. But they did play the Bye 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 video, so... They played Bye Bye Bye. What else did they play music video with? Thong song. They played yes, the thong they song. Played the thong song. So that was good. They pumped us up with that. Yeah. They should have played Men in Black or Wild Wild West, I feel like. That would have been good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Yeah. As always, you can uh, email us show at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite 90s movie is and what your favorite movie out of those three are, because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of Scream fans listening. And let us know if you hated or if you loved Cruel Intentions. Yeah. I want to meet you. And we'll have a conversation. And punch you in the face. <laughs> we'll have a street fight. <laughs> yep. That'll be more interesting than anything that happens mm-hmm. in Cruel Intentions. Yep. Um, follow us on Twitter at Before and After Pod. That's at Before, the letter N, After Pod. Subscribe on iTunes. Comment on SoundCloud. Uh, like the Facebook page. You guys know what to do. Um, <laughs> until next time, go watch Empire Records. I think I may have said that last week. Did Do I? it again. Okay. I don't know. We talked about it. Yeah. Until next week, go watch True Detective season one. Yes. Okay. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs>